Hey there, this is Jason and Paul, and we encourage you to follow us on Instagram at stateofloveandtrust underscore pod, where we can continue the conversation with you. Thanks for listening. And now, let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi, and alongside me, as always, is... Paul Gilliari. There he is. There's the guy. Um, we are excited to be back with you again, this time with that stip, but that's okay, because you have the two of us. Yeah, two musketeers this time. Oh, that'd be a really... Uh, what, kind of, what, kind of, what kind of candy bar would that be? It was just two musketeers. <laughs> Gosh, post Halloween question. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. By the way, speaking of that, hundred grand, best, highly underrated. Man. Oh, it's super I mean, underrated. I literally Snickers and and Milky Way get all the love. Hundred grand knocks both of those out of the park. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. I, I don't think I'd had one of those in like ten years. I was sifting through my child's uh, bag of treats today. Oh God, it, because it, he was this, at school. The best Halloween tradition ever, dads. Stealing candy from children. Oh, just snacking, <laughs> snacking on some kids' chocolate. It's a real treat, and um, literally, it's a real treat. And so I'm going through there, and I'm like, I think I think I saw hundred grand in there when I was counting his candy the night. I'm like, there it is, yoink. Four else I can remember that. Come on now. <laughs> Anyways, with that, oh, we're terrible. Ahead. All right, <laughs> go ahead and get on um, your Twitter, your 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 Instagram, your uh, what else they got there, the Facebook. And uh, give us a follow, give us a like, whatever the hell the uh, platform makes you do, and, yeah. and follow us there. You should. There's an algorithm. It's cute. It's furry. It's fuzzy. Feed it. It's hungry. Much, much like me with my child's candy. Feed yeah. Me. Feed it. Feed me. Um, and then of course, please uh, subscribe to the show on your platform of choice, Apple or Spotify or Google or SoundCloud or whatever the hell else there is out there. And uh, give us a like, give us a subscribe, rate, write, write a review. I'll read it. I will read that thing on the air. Even if it's terrible, like a mean tweet, I will do it. But anyways, I digress. This week's show, this week's show is all about people who have written lyrics in Pearl Jam who are not named Eddie Vedder. And yeah. what our favorite I, I, ones are. I'm excited about this. I did not, uh, I did not really take the time until this episode to really examine these songs mm-hmm. from a lyrical standpoint as a collective whole. I would, I would, I would listen to these tracks and I would think about them in isolation from each other, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until this exercise that I had the opportunity to really think about them as a whole. And what I did was I took every Pearl Jam song that was not, su- I'm sorry, that was sung by Eddie, but every Pearl Jam song that ultimately featured lyrics written by another band member. And I put them into a playlist and I listened Ooh. to that. Uh, I only got through it twice before we ended up having to record because I, I think I, what did I, I put it together two days ago, I think, is when we settled on this theme. But mm-hmm. it was a fascinating foray into what Pearl Jam would be if Eddie didn't write lyrics. And, and, and I can say this with confidence. We are very, very blessed that Eddie writes lyrics. <laughs> and that, that's, not an, that's not an indictment of the lyrics that the rest of the band members write. I just think that every band member plays a role and, and Eddie has a voice 
but it's not a, a session voice. You know, he's not a studio session player. He, he is a songwriter. And, and I think that's what his value is to the band as a performing artist. And when you, when you take away a major component of that, you, I mean, there, there's only a handful of tracks not written by him that you get the type of vocal performance that, that really holds up, as we will soon see. As we discussion. will soon see. It's, uh, I, I was actually a little surprised at the songs that I thought I was going to be like, oh, this is going to be my list. And then it wasn't. I go, hmm, yeah. you know what? That wasn't as strong as I thought it was going to be. I'm with you it, on that. I'm yeah. curious to see which ones we may agree or disagree on as far as uh, which ones... Uh, I don't want to say disappointed us, but you know uh, what song I was convinced would be on this list? What's that? Other side. Jeff Me Emerson. too. I was convinced that this is by far going to make my top five. And the more I thought about it, the spoiler alert, it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Well, I'm with you. I, I got to that. I was strolling through. I got to Lost Dogs. And I go, ooh, other side. This is going to be other probably. Yeah, for sure. I was like, you know what? It's, it's all right. It's all right. Lovely tune. I do enjoy it very much. I think we've uh waxed poetic on how underrated it is as a song but it wasn't as strong as we thought anyways we don't need to go on about the honorable mentions we need to get to our top five we do, do you want to lead things off i do i do okay. want to lead what do you things got off, but but i actually want to lead it off with with one honorable mention okay fine. And it, it, it's it's god's dice mm. this this song to me i th- i actually think is really really strong as as lyrics go, uh, I think that the, the content is really, really strong. I think Ed's delivery is strong. The whole thing, it, I think it's an underrated track on the album. And, and I do believe we, we talked about it to, to some degree. Part of the issue I have with it is the word resignate. Because Ooh. it's not an actual word. You know, who, who is, when has that stopped anybody before? Yeah, but I, it... I just I I take umbrage with the idea. Of Don't take taking, any umbrage. Let, let I, I had I had no choice. Let the I man cannot live. include a song in my top five non Eddie lyrics uh, that literally features a word that's not a word. It's hard for me to do that. Despite mm. that, the rest of the song features actually some, some really strong lyrical content. God's dice. That's my honorable uh, mention. God's has been performed fifty four times. By yeah. the way, that's not that's not a lot. Give, no, give me number five. Okay, number five is going to blow your pants off. You ready Can't for wait. this? Yep. All those yesterdays. Wow, look at you. Yeah, I know. Why? Why, Paul, will it blow Jason's pants off? Because those who know Paul know that I'm not particularly fond of this track. <laughs> like, not remotely fond of it. In fact. Uh, I rank it up there with uh, Evacuation and a few other tracks that uh, I struggle. It's like an itchy trigger finger. I struggle to not hit skip. <laughs> Come on. Uh, but the lyrics of this song, I think, are extremely strong. I really, really do. Uh, I, I like the idea of just resigning yourself. Not resignating, Jeff, but resigning yourself to let it washing away. You, you, you're, you're just, you're, you're tired, you're mm-hmm. weary, and you're thinking about the past and you're thinking about these experiences that have taken their toll. And the song does a really nice job of kind of leading the listener through a process that ultimately leaves you comforted by the idea that you've got time to escape. There's still time. But, and this is my favorite lyric here, it's no crime to escape. 
mm. because there, there's so much emphasis placed on not running. Uh, there's a toxic masculinity in that as well. And you could make the argument that there's a debate in the song happening where is the, when we say it's, it's, you've got time to escape, it's no crime to escape. Is that really a reflection on how we're justifying something? Or are we trying to justify something that really shouldn't be justified? Or are we actually making a compelling argument to that end? And it's that debate, that nuance that I think gives the lyrics some gravity. Well, I am surprised. But then again, I've always enjoyed the song. So I'm glad that you uh, you took this Stone Gossard track and you you find a new way to appreciate it. I, I, yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Rival at number five. Nice. By, by, also by Stone. Uh, I love the idea of the inner monologue uh, inside a killer's, inside, of course, inner monologue uh, of a killer's uh, head, like the night before he does it. I think it's an interesting um, theme or, or, uh, or environment uh, to set a scene. And I think we all know the Columbine school shooting plays yeah. a lot into this. Um, I mean, Stone has admitted it as such, but to juxtapose that with how countries in general relate to each other in such an antagonistic and vengeful ways is very interesting to me. It, uh, you know, the song is, it's light on lyrics, but I find so many of the lines really beautifully poetic. Um, your disciples are riddled with metaphors, well hung, better pony up and bring both your barrel full, barrels full, not one, as we release this unspeakable toll. I've always loved those. I think that was actually, actually the lyrics of the week when we chose this song many, many moons ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they aren't the most clever lyrics in the world, but the wordplay to me is really interesting, especially set against music, that that main riff, that's kind of, um, it's an unsettling riff, and it works so well with these with these words so it, it's simple but it's but it's just um deliciously playful in an evil sense uh that that, it, that i really enjoy it so i'm gonna go with rival at five strong choice thank you what do you got at number four inside job mike mccready mm. i say that because i think it's his crowning achievement as a as a songwriter for pearl jam i mean it's he wrote the, the music he wrote the lyrics and it's so personal. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably keenly aware of Mike's struggle in his life. Mm-hmm. And this song very much is his, his rising Phoenix moment. You know, that, that this, this ability to kind of look back on his life and think, I, I, I used to try to kill love. But it's the perspective that doing something like that is the highest sin. Yeah, because th- 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 there's so much in the band that, that you know, from Love Boat Captain to a, a variety of other tracks that talk about the value of love. Um, even covering Beatles songs, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, they, they really kind of they, they, they like to hit the hi hat on that one. <laughs> but, yeah. but what I think is really fascinating about this foray into his his personal struggle is Mike's ability to not just personalize his struggle, but more importantly, provide reflection through this song. And that I think is so key. I think reflection is such an underrated process. And it's rare when a songwriter is able to separate the struggle from the reflection. Too often, songwriting 
delves into the struggle and tries to capture that feeling, that essence, because it's relatable. Well, it's, it's also like, actionable, it's, whereas it's, reflection it, it is. is kind of passive. And so it you is. think, why it would is. you want to write a song about something passive? But, but the reality is that while struggle is a real reflection of human nature, it's reflection that elevates it. And mm -hmm. I think that what makes Inside Job such a compelling composition from a lyrical standpoint is Mike's ability to understand and to feel that this this concept of life comes from and I'm, I'm quoting the song here comes from within your heart and desire because it's desire that ultimately led him down the wrong path you know what I'm saying so the desire is so often condemned as a negative and his ability to say hold on a second it life comes from desire it's it's how we govern desire and how we repurpose desire in a healthy way that ultimately shapes what can or cannot become a healthy, productive life. When you stop and, desiring something, you're not living anymore. Well, not only that, but it's it's literally contradictory to the way the id and the ego work. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, the, the ego thrives on want. And so you, you can't, I mean, we can't all be in a, a Buddhist monk capable of shutting <laughs> off desire. I mean, Speak for yourself, Paul. <laughs> so... I, I don't know. I, I think it's a, it's it's a. If you look at Bloom's taxonomy, I'm, I'm I'm busting out educational theory. If, if you if you look at uh, Bloom's taxonomy of, of oh, sure, critical Bloom's. thinking yeah, yeah. skills, you know, uh, evaluation is the highest level of critical thinking, and this song very very much operates on that level. And you may look at the lyrics and say, oh, it lacks poetry or it lacks this. I don't I, I don't find it particularly striking. The the sheer nature of the lyrics operating on this level of critical thinking to me is extraordinary and so i'm far less concerned with wordplay and poetry and rhyme here than i am with the actual uh intention behind these lyrics and the the the, the magnitude of the ambition behind them and how much strength it took for mike to get to a place to even compose them in the first place so it's really hard for me to to think of a pearl jam song that features lyrics not written by eddie and create a list that doesn't include this well, I'm going to agree with you because that's my fourth uh, song too, Inside Job. Uh, Mike so. McCready knocks it out of the park um, with this story of personal struggle, with mm -hmm. confidence in mental health. I, th I think you 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 summed it up well with the whole reflection um, point of view. You, you could say that, you know, oh, well, if you don't know Mike, then, you know, you're not really going to understand. No, I think you will. I think you will um, accept this because if you have had the same struggle, it doesn't matter if you know Mike's story or not. And I think, you know, we've said it before on this show, but acknowledging you need help is the first step. Um, and that's part of reflection. And asking for it is the next. And actually making that change is, is the culmination of the hard work it takes to be the best version of yourself. Now, I think Mike's emotional uh, nudity is a breath of fresh air. Um, and the music suits this song perfectly. There, there are moments of some slight... 80s level cheese with some of these lines but that's it's okay it works because that's who mike is um you have to kind of bear all and accept yourself 100 percent if you're truly going to grow and it doesn't get any more on the nose than let me run into the rain to be a human light again and then into the line that you mentioned which is life comes from within your heart and desire so you know i don't, I don't think we need to go on too much longer on this one but like, i think he he manages to um, 
explain his struggle in a very Mike way, but in a way that's very um, uh, approachable, uh, accessible, I guess I should say, to many people, and where you don't have to know who he is to understand the idea of accept who you are, reflect on yourself for a minute, and and move forward, find that strength. So, I think it was his first lyrical attempt. Well, not well, first published lyrical song for Pearl Jam, and it was, it's very very good. Totally with you on that one. Number three. Going with uh, Jeff's song here, Nothing As It Seems. Ah, good choice. Uh, equally as compelling for very similar reasons. Very personal song for Jeff, but it's it's far less about a struggle that's, that's on the surface and known, and it's far more about the process of reflection to unearth something that you either had hidden whether consciously or not or simply lacked the awareness to truly comprehend jeff wrote this song about his childhood growing up in a a very rural uh, northern montana region and you know he spent most of his life feeling very grateful for his upbringing in this area mostly because he felt safe you know, I, I, I'm going to quote him here. He said, I look back at my childhood as being a fairly utopian situation where I had the freedom to ride my bike around town when I was five years old and my parents didn't have to worry about anybody taking me and killing me or whatever. In the last couple of years, there have been some things that have kind of allowed some darker things to come to the surface of my childhood, seeing things that I kind of selectively forgotten for my own mental health or whatever. And then he cites a couple of things like Affliction and, and Nine Below Zero by, by Kevin Canty. And he really goes through the process of saying, hey, you know what, I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pull the rug up and I'm gonna find out what I swept under there because I wanna know, I wanna face this. And I, I can't help but admire that strength in the same way that Mike's strength in Inside Job is equally as admirable. When you, when you think about a song like this, it, I, I think it's some of Jess's best lyrics. And it's, it's a very strong lyrical song when, when you think about it. You follow this trajectory of this narration, and it's all in, in third person, which I, I find it fascinating because he's writing about his own childhood. So yeah. he, 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 he reflects on that from the, I don't want to call it the safety of third person point of view, but it allows them, I think, to be a little bit more objective, to, to kind of step out of yourself for a moment and really look at that. Maybe a little more and, honest, too. Yeah, it, it, there's an authenticity to these lyrics that you don't often get from a songwriter um, who, who I think sometimes either romanticizes, idealizes, or fictionalizes something. In Jeff's case, he's saying, look, I want to skip the narrative that I built and I want to figure out what's below the surface, knowing that that was, that, that, with, with, and there's going to be some trepidation with that because he has to delve into something that he consciously and selectively said, I don't want to remember this. So it's, it, it's, <laughs> it's hard not to admire that when you really think about it. And there's so many great little lines in the song, one uninvited chromosome, a blanket like the ozone, that, it, it, yeah, the wordplay, the rhyme is there on top of it, but a scratching voice all alone, it's nothing like your baritone. And you, you just feel the, 
what has been suppressed kind of working its way up. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's a, it's a wonderful personification in a lot of ways of that voice that had been silenced by him. And he's trying to listen to it in that moment and, and give it space to echo. And I think he does a fine job of that. So, well, huge, it all comes huge. down, as I say, it all comes down to that that line at the end of the bridge there, a whisper through a megaphone. He he's, yeah. it's almost like he's, he wants to to tell it, but it's hard not to just, just declare that can't really happen to talk yeah. more like that. But the song is the megaphone for the whisper that he's putting forth. So, a lovely choice. Um, I've always loved that song, and I think uh, it's balanced well with Mike McCready crushing. So yeah, <laughs> that helps. Um, <laughs> it always helps every song. I'm going to go with uh, No Way, number three. Another Stone song. I I really love how Stone balances the subtle with the obvious here. Speaking about being vulnerable, open, and having that ignored or, or worse, taken advantage of. It, it feels like in the verses, he's pointing or he's painting this picture of someone who's unsure of themselves, maybe even doubting their intentions to be a good person. And even when it gets to the pre-chorus, the subject is begging for some kind of reciprocation. You know, like, uh, I'm, I'm here trying to be a good person for you. I'm sacrificing and I really just you know, need you to give a little bit of that back to me. Even just like a thank you. That, that's, that's, what, that's what I get from this. And in the chorus, resignation. Um, it, it's kind of sad, really, resignation, that people are going to be the way they are. Um, and the subject is turning their back on the whole prospect. One of one, one of the good humans has chosen to stop doing their part because their, their generosity and vulnerability haven't been received or understood or acknowledged properly. And I think there's a lot of people who probably feel this way especially lately trying to how about people that are out there doing charity work and you know either either they're not acknowledged at all or or what they've done is being blown out of proportion and they're making that person be the spotlight as opposed to the act itself and it's 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 like sensationalizing something and focusing on the wrong part of the act um uh, and I think he does a really great job of kind of balancing all those points of view of something that I think all of us probably at some point think about or feel, but don't really ever talk about. Yeah. Well said. Uh, I thought about no way. It didn't crack my top five, in fact. But I thought you very eloquently summed that track up. Well, thank you. How about number two yeah. for you? I'm going to go with Rival. Uh-huh. For, for, for all the same reasons you enumerated already, uh, I think the, the tie-in with Columbine is uh, very clear. As you mentioned, Stone has, has been vocal about that in the past. Uh, but this line here, I've been harboring fleets in this reservoir. Love that line. Man, I mean, this. Uh, first of all, the, the idea of a reservoir, it doesn't really lead out to anything, right? It's mm-hmm. not an inlet or, or, or a, a lake or a river that, that kind of produces and overflow into something. It's just a body of water that's just held and it collects. Mm-hmm. And and it, it's a perfect metaphor for the despair, the frustration, the, the, the feelings of anger and rage and confusion and uh, the way all those things get twisted and, and sour on somebody to the point where 
you start to weaponize that. It, it, it starts to, to become a fleet, essentially, that ultimately serves as this, this bombardment of retribution and rage at something that, quite frankly, was never intentionally directed at you. And it's, it's such a, a sister song to Jeremy in a lot of ways, and I know you and I have talked about that in the past, but uh, when somebody other than Eddie has something to say about a situation and really just sits with that and doesn't try to shroud it in, in, in clever wordplay, I think that you really do get some strong lyrical content. And uh, in the cases of, of Mike and, and Jeff, when they're when they're personalized something, I think you get their strongest efforts lyrically. And I think when Stone has something to say that revolves around a social commentary, that's when I have personally found that his lyrics are, are at their strongest. And this is a shining example of that. Yeah, it's almost like when when you get a song not written by Ed, and it's a theme that's been done before. I mean, how? There's only so many themes uh, that you can write about, really. And I mean, how many times has, has Ed gone to the well on love, like you said, or, or heartbreak or something like that? So when you finally get a chance as a non-Ed, you've, you've been pooling all of your thoughts on this topic into one song. You don't have to think about, oh, I've got to write 10 songs. And, you know, I'm thinking about love and thinking about heartbreak. It's like, okay, we, we did I wrote a song like that before. And again, before that, and before that. <laughs> like, no, 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 this is... It's almost like your first record every time because you, you've you've your whole career has come to this point about this particular thing, and so all your best thoughts about that topic go into that one song. So it's interesting to see uh, these other guys kind of dialing in these themes that that Ed has talked about before, but from a different perspective with different poetry and whatever. So yes, I agree, rival, fantastic choice. Uh, I at number two. I'm going to pick a song that you did not pick, and that is God's Dice. Mm. I have no problem with Resignate, my friend. <laughs> As uh, many listeners will know, I, I used to struggle with, with religion, and uh, this song came out at a perfect time for me. Humility is the key for me here. And Jeff is really speaking about himself, I feel, in a way that I can relate to. Accepting the humility of mankind, putting it on display, and not beating around the bush. I like that. You know, it's an aggressive, punchy, short song, and the lyrics are to the point. Um, the, the sarcasm will line like, it's in the cards of destiny, your sanity in tow. I always I always like that line too, because I'm a sarcastic person, if you didn't know. And so I, I like a little bit of that color in my lyrics here. Um, you know, he's saying if you put all your chips into the destiny camp, you'll go crazy because life isn't about letting, you know, Jesus take the wheel. It's about working hard to make your future happen for yourself. You make your fate. Um, at least I think so. And moreover, the next verse has this line, this power has no roots to grow, no role. It kind of furthers the point. And I think there's, there's even a moment of confusion and second guessing, which anyone who's um, pushed religion away can attest to feeling at some, at some point um, but these lines here my will is crashing snaps is flashing slow days like frame by frame where do they go yeah why fight forget it can't I spend it after I go however the subject always comes back to designating their will it's in charge 
not any of the gods. And I, I like that, that, that the point here that people uh, used to kind of uh, forget gods and then the apostrophe, multiple, the inclusion of every kind of religion, not just singling out one like Christianity, for example, it's all of them. Um, and then, of course, the resignation of those gods um, to really nail the point home. So does, does it flirt with um, being on the nose? Yes. Uh, am I mad at that? No, because it's a straight ahead punk song and it's succinct. And so it kind of has to be. And there's enough wit and clever um, flirting through those lines to uh, to make it not boring or uh, or cliche for me. So. I really enjoyed God's Dice and underrated, uh, I would say as well. Yeah, I agree. I uh, it, it was a song that I really wanted to put in the top five. And uh, depending on your stance on this next track, perhaps it ends up in my top five. Now, uh, before you get there, I think we're going to agree. Oh, yeah? I'm, bet- I'm betting we agree. Okay. I, I'm well, betting we this. don't. Last time we did this, I was dead wrong. So yeah, I'm going to be again. dead wrong again. Okay. So so uh, I- I'm going to go with "You Are." Oh, okay. "You Are" is a Matt Cameron song that he shares lyrical credit with Eddie Vedder. The problem is, I do not know exactly how much input Eddie had into the lyrics. Ooh, is this However, disqualification? Yeah, maybe. So uh, it, 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 if if you want to disqualify it, then I will squeeze God's dice in. <laughs> Tell me anyways about uh, why why you okay, are, so, are is. I, I I think this it's such a great song. I mean it's I mean musically it's fantastic. I, I, I agree. It's uh it's my favorite song off of Riot Act, and uh, I can't really say that about any other song on a Pearl Jam album. That hey here's a song that somebody wrote the lyrics and the music to, and that Eddie really wasn't at the forefront of that and. For that song to have that type of an impact, it's hard for me to not name it number one. But again, I don't really know how much influence Eddie had on the lyrics. They're they're, they're both credited. Uh, if you go to Wikipedia, Cameron is credited first, so that leads me to believe that he he had the. That could just be alphabetical, though. It could very easily just be alphabetical. I think so I read somewhere a, that maybe uh, that Eddie just cleaned some things up, but that it's basically all Matt. I think I read that somewhere. I'd have to go do a little bit deeper of a of a dig on this one but if matt wrote these lyrics they're really exceptional i mean the, to me they're the best lyrics he's written uh usually with a matt cameron song lyrically you're, you're gonna get uh, something like take the long way which are which are great i mean they, they, they're they're perfect for a rock song but there's a depth and a breadth to the lyrics here uh, there's a poetry to the way that this imagery comes together in this song. The broken wheels coming undone and the roads exploding, but you're keeping me strong, rolling along with you. Love is a tower and you're the key leading me higher when you let me in. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's good stuff. Sometimes I burn like a dot on the sun with no one knowing, but you're keeping me strong. There, there's, there's a lot of really strong imagery in this song. And, uh, I do feel that there's a lot of nuance, depth, breath, layers. It's, I think, beautiful lyrics, man. I don't know what to tell you. So for, for me, it's number one. If I have to disqualify it, then I'd go God's dice. <laughs> uh, I've always loved this song, as, we, as we've as we spoken about before. I I did not choose it number one. It was one of my first out, if you want to go the whole 
uh, March Madness bracketology thing, like first out, first four in, first four out. This is one of the first out. Um, Barely didn't make it. Uh, I am the shoreline, but you're the sea. (laughs) No, it's lovely. It's lovely. It really is. Uh, I'm going with low light. Oh, so that's a solid one, too. Yeah. Jeff, again, there is a lot about this song. I thought you you might go there. Yeah. There's a lot about this song that is confusing as all hell. But then again, that's a Jeff song. Jeff Jeff has code and weird metaphors and half sentences or half thoughts kind of thrown together. And it's like, what? You have to decode what he's trying to say. This one is no exception, but I feel like I feel like there's something a little bit different about it. Um, so leave it, leave it to Jeff to write a song full of this code about something as conceptually simple as finding inner peace. But perhaps that's the rub, that being happy, being comfortable in your own skin, in your own environment, within the life you have is complex and messy, maybe even a little jarring, hence the car crash line. And it's hard to really see what is what it is that one needs to feel this way. What a, what a good title then, right? This low light. Mm-hmm. I always enjoyed the uh, the can't wear my mask. Your first, my last line. It's um, it's that moment that the subject knows with certainty that they're done pretending, talking to someone who's just starting their journey, almost like a mentor and apprentice or something like that. Mm-hmm. And what a way to end the song. The dream I see. It's simple and positive, which is a lovely result after the complexity that is the journey to this point of enlightenment. So I, I think even though a lot of it is, if you're trying to dissect line by line, you're like, what the hell is he talking about here? The, 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 <laughs> what is it, the, 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 the two birds that go astray? Like, what? what is, is that, are those spirits? What does he say? I think you have to take a more of like a 30,000 foot view and say, what what's the overall theme here? And why is he going this complex route and it just kind of dawned on me after like trying to like banging my head against the computer like what the hell is he trying to say oh maybe this life is super messy and complicated and dark and complex and full of shit you've got to get around and and hurdles you got to jump through to find that you got to be yourself and be comfortable with that and i'm like you know what thanks man and that's why it's one of the most underrated songs and that's why people lose their mind when it gets played even to this day and i think it opened what which was it opened recently third the third night the second i don't know one of the nights at ohana they opened with it and i was like oh nice so for me low light solid choice what do you guys think are we way off our rocker did we forget something someone someone's screaming mankind at me i i can tell i know it <laughs> someone's yelling don't give me no lip yeah, someone is yelling Someone's yelling whale song. And I will not stand here and let you talk so so well about Jack Irons' whale song because let's let's be honest, that song is hot garbage. <laughs> but it's terrible. Let's be honest. Uh please give us give us your five. Give us your five favorite non-Eddie lyrics songs. Songs, lyrics. And uh yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what you guys think. I'm with else, it. Paul? I am I am here for that. Okay, let's move on to our lyric of the week. And that lyric of the week this week comes from Yield. Haven't been to Yield in a while. 
And we're going with Paul's favorite song in the world, All Those Yesterdays. Good morning. What are you running from? Taking pills to get along, creating walls to call your own. So no one catches you drifting off and doing all the things that we all do. All right, Paul. As uh, some listeners know, we alternate who picks the lyric of the week each week. And you chose this lyric. You chose all this. This is your doing. I could have done it, but I didn't. You know, there's something about this set here. What are you running from? Taking pills to get along. Creating walls to call your own. So no one catches you drifting off and doing all the things that we all do. The... Awareness. Good lines. lines. Yeah, they really are. The awareness behind these lines and the accountability and the culpability all meshed into one uh, make them for a pretty heavy set. So it's a lot to think about. And I think uh, this particular set here does a, a marvelous job on Stone's part of critically looking at somebody who is alienating him or herself in an attempt to escape. And, you know, I posed the question earlier, you know, it's no crime to escape. If you want to take this stance, you're basically saying, hey, there's a debate happening here. Or is it an inner debate? Is it someone talking to himself, trying to rationalize this? Mm. Or is it a conversation between two people? Regardless of how you interpret the song, there's a complexity here that I think does a marvelous job of capturing the inner struggle of wanting to flee a difficult situation and a past. I mean, Jeff did a great job of writing a song that kind of articulates the struggle of unearthing things like this. We are more apt to suppress than we are to face. And uh, a song that looks at that struggle, should I face, should I escape, is... If it, I mean, not for nothing, but it, it's it's literally personifying the human struggle. You know what I mean? It is the it is the human condition personified on so many levels. So, I think that Stone does a, a really really uh, proficient job, masterful job, really, of, of of doing this without having to rely on to, to use your wording, clever wordplay or, or some type of a metaphor in poetry. It just lands on the nose but in a way that's very poignant and salient and i appreciate that well the the line that does it for me is doing all the things that we all do that we all do yeah like the, the just but it's so simply doing all the things like doesn't even bother like being clever and naming some idea that's a metaphor for something else like just doing all the things just so simple just the things uh, this this one is always i've always enjoyed this i think the music always uh, intrigued me because it was just kind of so like do 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 do, and it kind of was like a fun little uh, jaunt at the end of an otherwise very uh, eclectic and interesting record. It's okay to be yourself, Paul, and mm. everybody else. Uh, it's okay to make mistakes, and you don't need to constantly rehash all your mistakes you've made in your past. They do, they do not define you. They do not define you. Drugs, alcohol, you don't need that. You don't need to escape reality to be at peace. You don't need to isolate yourself because guess what like the last line says we all do this shit 
you know, we all make mistakes, we all have flaws, and there's no reason to hide from that. Embrace yourself as is and focus on tomorrow, not yesterday. I, I think it's interesting how this song and in hiding are nearly back to back on the record, too, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and it's just. I feel like we need, we, we may have to go swimming in the sea of yield one of these days. Yeah, well, yeah, it's been, like I said, it's been a minute since we, since we really mined this territory. Um, I had something else I was going to say and I can't remember what it was. Escape reality, be at peace. Derail. I'm good at that. Totally. De- <laughs> no, I derailed myself because I can, I carried on with, with my thought as opposed to going on a tangent. Well, at any rate, uh, I've always enjoyed Consider this Consider a gift, good listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Tangent you have been spared from. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get to our live cut of the week. Ready to stand up! Live cut. All those yesterdays. Back to 98 or so. Where are we going? Uh, We're going to the vault, man. D.C.'s Constitution Hall, 1998. September 19th, 1998, to be specific. Oh, those yesterdays. Oh, those yesterdays. Oh, those yesterdays. 
So this one's only been played 21 times live since 1998. Eight of those on the Yield Tour itself. Now, much like the rest of the show, the band is totally in sync, on fire, hence why it's a vault uh, release. Jeff is right in the pocket, and that's so important for this one to me. He really is the linchpin for the the bounce of the song and the way the song moves along. Ed sounds right on the money as well. He's even hitting the falsettos really well, which is is not super, super common. But how about this at the end? The triple vocal layer in that in that last bridge section is so nice. So good job to Stone and Jeff. And you know, you didn't have a lot to, to pull from, but this is a great, great version. I completely agree. Um I don't have how do I say this? It's not that I don't have a great affinity for this particular show. I, I, I think it's it's one of the defining shows of the 98 tour, but that there was something about Pearl Jam going into Washington, D.C. There's just an ability of this band to really, really highlight culpability and accountability, to, mm. to repeat those words, uh, mostly because they're, they're surrounded by the political stratosphere. And when they see their own sphere of influence at play, and you take a song like All Those Yesterdays, which really talks about accountability and culpability in, in many ways, uh, not from a societal or a social commentary vantage point, but rather from a, um, an interpersonal level. And, and it's hard to, to, to not connect the dots to see how that, that brought out the best. I mean, short of writing this song in a place that was very personal to Stone, I can't imagine a setting that was going to bring out the, new, the, the, the motifs and themes of this song in, in, in better fashion. So it's just a fantastic performance. There you go, gang. Uh, let us know what you think about this cut. About the, do you have a better version? No, you don't. You can't. Could you? I don't know. You tell us. That is the show. Uh, we thank you for listening. Again, let us know what you think your five favorite non-Eddie songs are. And um, yeah, I guess we'll, hit, we'll we'll talk to you guys next week. I don't know what we're going to be talking about. We'll figure it out this week. And uh, hey, until- hey, can, 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 I, can I pose a question? You absolutely can. We have a bank. But folks don't really know this, but we have a bank of, of topics. Mm-hmm. that we reference as we plan each week. I would love to find out what our listeners would like us to talk about. Ooh, a mailbag episode. Yeah. I, it would be a lot of fun to get a series of questions that we focus on in an episode. So I, I, I'm going to throw this out there Yeah. for the next couple. I, I'm not expecting to get enough for us to necessarily build an episode around in a week. Uh, maybe we will. I don't know. But what I would like to do is pose this to those of you who are listening. Let's try this mailbag concept. It would be a lot of fun. And let's give it a little bit of time to breathe. Send in your questions. And we are going to answer those questions. They can like be any, anything Pearl Jam related. Anything you want to ask us. Cool. Any, or anything you want us to discuss. I like this concept. Let the people decide. We're a democratic podcast, a democratic republic podcast. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, look, we have a, a topic banked. We're ready to go, mm-hmm. right? We'll dip in and we'll be good to go. But and and maybe it takes a couple of weeks to, to build up enough questions that uh, we think can make a compelling episode. But I thought it would be a lot of fun to throw this out there. So if you're listening and you're wondering and you're thinking, share that thought with us. 
Well, I will put a, uh, I'll put a post out um, midweek asking you for those questions. So you have one stop shop to uh, to pose those questions or topics you like to uh, like us to talk about. So thank you again for listening. And uh, again, like I said, be sure to follow us on the social channels that we have: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and subscribe to the show. Listen to the show. By the way, all these shows are super evergreen. So go back, listen to them again if you haven't. Uh, By the way, in a while. J- j- just so those, I, I have to be clear about this. Mm-hmm. The uh, the algorithm, a a question posed such as is the algorithm a vegan? Not a valid question. Invalid. Invalid question. Erroneous on all accounts. Erroneous. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, until next time, you've been listening to the state of love and trust. Still alive.